Welcome back to the Riot Shimano Podcast. I'm Frank. I'm hosting here today at Sea Otter Classic 2019. I'm here with the marketing colleague, Joe Lawell. Hello, hello. And we're also here today with the Syndicate team. So why don't we go down the line and we'll introduce you guys to everyone who's listening. Start to my right. Hey, I'm Greg Minov from South Africa. I'm Luca Shaw from North Carolina. My name's Steve Pete from Sheffield, England. And my name is Loris Vergier from France. Perfect. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Um, one of the things that I think people at home will want to listen to, will have a question uh, for those that are freshly introduced to the team is what is the syndicate? Deputy, <laughs> since he's been here longest. Deputy. <laughs> uh, the syndicate is a, a group of guys that we put together to have fun racing bikes. Plain and simple. <laughs> Basically. That's right it. On. Okay, so the syndicate kind of emerged on the scene and it was really the first time that any sort of team had a name other than the Santa Cruz downhill team or whatever other team so who, whose idea was the syndicate exactly uh, the syndicate was always Roscop's idea he um, he didn't want to have a team he was sick of teams and the way that people sort of portrayed teams so he just wanted to have a group of like-minded people that, that he'd put together and he wanted to call it the syndicate so the syndicate is not necessarily specific people, even though the team, the, the Santa Cruz team, we've known it to be the same riders for several years. You know, it was you and Ratboy and, and Greg for I don't know how many years. I mean, a lot of years. Um, but obviously, we've got a couple new guys on the scene here, Luca and Loris. Um, but I'm curious, what does the syndicate mean to each one of you? Like personally, like Loris, you're newer to the team. Um, what does syndicate mean to you? I was just thinking about it, like what to answer to that. And uh, to me, it's like uh, really different people just aiming for the same thing, like having fun and racing and trying to win. So it's just, yeah, that's why my, my thoughts. Yeah. What about you, Luca? Yeah, I think similar to what Laura said, um, it's always kind of been in my eyes like the pinnacle as far as like a downhill team and um yeah you're just encouraged to be yourself um however weird that might be so uh yeah it's it's fun professional and yeah it's just the best team there is so the yeah i'm just uh, happy to be so part of it. a lot of times downhills compared to like for the cycling world like f1 car racing is pretty much the elite the premier the most extreme the gnarliest so you guys are saying it's just some like-minded guys having some fun. I mean, you mentioned it's professional, but you guys are competing at the highest level possible. And if you're not prepared, don't do your homework. You know, it's, it's one, dangerous, and two, you're not going to perform well. But clearly, based on, like, Loris got his first win, you won qualifying, I don't know how many times last year. Not to bring up a sore point, but... Um, but still, that's that's still an achievement. You don't just show up screwing around and have those kinds of results. Yeah, for sure. I think like downhill, at least since I've been racing, has definitely trended more towards that like high end, like really professional, elite level sport. So I think that's one cool thing is uh, the team has evolved with that. Um, yeah, for sure. We still have fun, but yeah, like you said, you have to take it serious and be professional so i think we blend that really well yeah well so of the four of you guys sitting here um you spent a lot of time together 
So who who's the most serious and who who screws around the most? <laughs> I, th- I think the thing with the syndicate is <laughs> that these guys are all professionals, like we said before, and they want to prepare for racing World Cup. Re- World Cup is the creme de la creme of of racing mountain bikes, and uh, these boys go away in the winter and they they get serious about the racing, they get serious about the training. Um, but they don't get any pressure from sort of Santa Cruz or the, or the syndicate to to come and win races. It's more about they're on the team and they know that that they want to do well for themselves. So it's it's just working to each individual's sort of strengths to to make them go as fast as possible. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that I've noticed as an outsider to the to the downhill world because I don't play any role in this and I'm definitely not a downhill rider um, is you guys did a video series last year. Um, at, at during the races, right, where it kind of documented the season, documented the um, different events that you went to and how you prep for them, meal prep, the whole nine yards, training. And one of the things that stood out with what you just said, Petey, was um, that you didn't really push each other in a way, but you definitely tell when you're watching that series that when it was race time and it was and your head was in the game, it was certainly there. Like there was definitely a level of professionalism, but there was still like a lot of fun in between those moments. Yeah, obviously we're all really competitive well, right these guys I'm, I'm not so much these days but um, <laughs> these guys are so competitive they go, they put the pressure on themselves to to go out there and win races and and for us there's no point putting any added pressure on top of that the guys are going to do it for themselves and and they want to win races so we just let them go and do the thing would you say that greg is the quiet one I think the Greg's easiest way to, today. To, uh, <laughs> to sum this up is we're a team that know how to switch on and know how to switch off and uh, I think, you know, I've said it for before, you know, you've got to be able to switch off to switch on. And I think we do it really well and we have a good combination of it. So there's a lot of fun and games around it. But when we're serious, we're serious. When we train, we train hard. When the race is over, we play hard. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, I think it's a good combination. I think it's what's kept Steve and myself racing for so long. I think it's going to give the youngsters longevity in the sport as well. Yeah, I look at Santa Cruz as kind of, like we said earlier, as kind of the anti-team, but with all the best parts of that, right? Like... The relationship, the bonding, the but at the same time, that's what makes you a team, right? Because you guys kind of grow together. You've been together a long time. It's, it's also, you know, downhill racing is not really a team sport. So, right. You know, I, I also think that had something to do with with why, how the syndicate was formed. I think you know to to be calling yourself a mountain bike team when when you really race individually. Right. It's your time. Right. It's exactly. your performance. So, um, I think it gives each rider their own shot at at being individuals under one umbrella. Absolutely. So, you know, you guys said that, you know, Roscop pretty much got the syndicate going and, and it's a forward thinking thing. And, and I think Roscop's always really been known as a forward thinking guy and coming up with things that other people aren't doing and, and pushing uh, bike development. And I know, Petey, you've retired from full time racing, but you're still around. And, and you know, Greg's been on the bikes for a long time. and, and I'm kind of curious about the development of the of the equipment and the bikes and the frames and and where you're at you know five six years ago to oh, yeah. the bikes that you guys are now a lot has changed yeah the bikes had to have gone like through a massive change in the last five seven years yeah we went i mean in in that space we went from 26 inch wheels to 27 to now 29 so yeah you know as the wheels got bigger so the frames grew and and the development around the frames um it's an yeah, it's an ongoing thing. You know, we we're forever trying to trying to find time or trying to get the bikes to handle better, and and I, I think that's important too to never be stagnant with what you got and to try and 
and push the boundaries. Does anybody have a preference with the change? Like as far as going from, because I mean, it, it, it is in a relatively short amount of time and I always wonder if any of you have the mindset of like, ah, maybe we should have stayed at 27 and a half or maybe we should have, or 29er was the way we should have gone from day one. Uh, personally, I think all the guys are happy with the 29er. Um, for me, like the, the development of it all, it's always a question that everybody brings up, but I personally feel like it's more... It's just a constant evolution of, it, of everything. I mean, these guys are training differently to what how I trained years ago. Um, the athletes are tra training different. So it's just a constant evolution of everything to be the fastest on the hill. So bikes and equipment is a big part of that. Clothing, training, everything is a, is a big part of that. So it's one, it's one constant thing that just keeps moving. So you mentioned you know, the equipment that's on the bikes. So the bikes today that you guys are racing, are, do they require different equipment than what you've been using? Like, do we need to, we're going to bigger wheels, does that mean we need stronger brakes? Is there some other things that you think need to be developed now to, to catch up with the 29 downhill bike? I think Loris should answer this. He always comes up with some good ones <laughs> on this. No, I think it, it's just like, uh, Shimano to me was always like the strongest brake and we switched to 29 and for some reason we felt the power was still okay and when you look at the other teams they, they went bigger rotors and like they tried to improve the brakes too and I feel like it didn't really like got any problem with that so I'm just thinking that we've got good brakes and they work for big wheels too and uh, so we got I don't know <laughs> what to say about that. <laughs> So, it, you're, you're happy with the brakes, how they are, but things are always progressing. Do you, uh, do you feel like they need to change at all? Um, I've been racing the XTR for like the last, se last race, last season, so World Champ, and they felt really good to me, because they just match what I want, and so they are the good way to go, I think, and um, I don't know what the guys think, but power is always like good. So you're actually not running a Saint brake on your downhill bike? Right now I do, but not on my race bike. Not on your race bike. Yeah. So what is the what do you like different between the XTR brake and the Saint brake? Um, so Greg came out with that and I think it's really good. It's like when you're racing, you try not to really slow down. You just want to like keep the pace and like just I don't know how you said it. it was really good. Modulate, modulate your speed. Modulate your speed, and uh, and so like the easiest and the smoothest power is the best for me. So I was just really impressed with that on the XTR and like the feel of it. But I guess there is like maybe improvement of the new scent on the, this level. So we we'll see. Yep. Okay. So that kind of leads me into other things like drivetrain. You guys are riding 10-speed drivetrains, which Saint, of course. Um, do you feel like you know there's some different gearings out there? Sometimes people take some of their cogs off. Like, is there a, a more optimal gearing amount you think for downhill racing? Um, since we don't really go up, it's it makes sense to have like less speed, I guess, less gearing. Okay. But I'm 
yeah I can't really tell anything it's just like my mechanic is doing the what you think is best <laughs> I'm just racing it so yeah. yeah that's yeah quite easy I'm here following. you go ride this yeah. it's good <laughs> there you go. he knows he tells his mechanic everything to do <laughs> well Marshy so on the other hand he just rips off half the gears anyway so yeah. I mean it's like <laughs> well it's just kind of right sometimes those mechanics come with their wild ideas about gears and you know we don't you know Donald racing now it's fast I mean the tracks are fast the bikes are fast it, it, it's changed a lot you know before we used to have like a big pedaling section midway or used to always be a section of track and now we don't have that so if you don't have all the gears you're not going to lose some it, it's it's a weird it's a weird one yeah alright well so let's talk a little bit more about this last season um, Loris you got your first win so how did that feel Oh boy, um, yeah. It's always like you're looking for something in your life, kinda, and um, it's just like you never. I never expected that ever. It's just like to be in this team, to ride for that like brand, and just to be this fast, kinda. And uh, it's just a dream, and it felt like a dream again. So basically, like my whole family was there, and I had the sickest time ever. Even if it was not the best time for Luca, for example, because. It was yeah, a uh, tough one, but fuck. That's why we are like a, a good. <laughs> sorry, that's why we are the syndicate. It's like we just yeah stay stick together and have fun. So yeah, well, so Luca, you how many times did you win qualifying last season? Um, three times. Three times out of how many races? Seven. Seven. So that's almost half good. of the races that's you won good. qualifying. So I gotta ask, what happened in the finals? Um, it was a, a mix of things. Like, I don't really. One of them, I got a flat tire, so I feel like that really wasn't nope. on me. Um, and then, really, to be honest, it was just the last one that I really felt like it got to my head. Like the first two times I qualified first, I didn't really think anything of it. And yeah, one time I flatted, and then one time I just had a silly crash it was sort of just like losing focus but yep. um and yeah the third time in andorra when loris won i for sure let the pressure get to me and just rode tight and wasn't on a good run and then still crashed so definitely not a nice experience but for sure a good experience to have now um and i think i learned from it so um it was definitely yeah i think last year when i look at my results and how the races went it was really not that good but I'm glad I had those experiences and I'm glad that I was able to, yeah, show I had the speed and learn from it and it was still fun. So I wouldn't change it. And yep. I'm just, yeah, really looking forward to putting those to use this year. Yep, for sure. So, so Greg, I'm curious since you, we've even said it in ads, we've called you the greatest of all time. You've got the most World Cup wins that still stands, I believe. Yep. So, what what did you think of uh, these guys, Loris's win and Luca? I mean, showing speed, um, and they're on your team. What, Are you what? asking him if he's feeling the pressure? Is that what, is, is that where you're <laughs> well, going? <laughs> it, loosely. It, it was well. I mean, it, it again. It wasn't really nice being injured, but it was kind of nice watching it from the sideline because you know when you're in the race and you you're racing with them, it's. It's really hard to notice and to watch and appreciate what they're doing to, to get to the, the podium or to get on, you know, or in qualifying. So, you know, I, I broke my arm 
in testing before the second World Cup. So it, it was a, a pure pleasure watching these guys just take over and, and um, you know, being fast in, in qualifying is, is a big achievement. Is, and then winning a race is is yeah just an amazing i mean i felt like i'd won the race i celebrated as if i won the race so <laughs> it, it was it was it was super cool watching it, it unfold and and uh unfortunately on the sideline but at the same time probably the best place to watch it yeah no that's awesome it's really great to see the support for one another even though for anyone that's seen you in person you guys are relentlessly hassling each other and right screwing around right. especially when you got pd here with a big old grin on his face <laughs> but but it's it's clear that you guys really do care about each other and, and want everybody to be successful and, and it's, it's definitely nice to see um, I uh, did have a chance to, to ride with all of you guys at the end of the season last year at Trans Cascadia and it seemed like everyone had a really great time and and I believe Loris had the quote that this was the the best trail or race that I've, I've ever had in my life <laughs> that's a big statement yeah it was really good <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know the dirt like the speed and not knowing the tracks it was just so good like you can't really tell like sometimes you're like oh this guy did like two runs more than me or whatever but this time it was just like pure cool riding and just enjoying so it was a tough one because it was long and yeah you had to pedal but yeah it was really good yeah well i guess i should point out for anybody that's not familiar with trans cascadia it's a, a four-day stage race and it's all or sorry three-day i should probably know this three or four day multi-day uh blind racing so nobody gets to even know what the, the tracks are right and um especially Everyone experiences it for the first time that yeah day. so it's the first time i mean i participated and 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 it was you know the first time i've seen any of those trails and um, so, it, like you said, it, it makes it, you don't stress out about one person did more practice runs than the other. We're all in the same boat. And um, plus there's a little bit of a loose program. We could, we could follow people. And um, so I followed you a few times and decided that that was death defying and terrifying. <laughs> so I stopped following you. And coming, com coming from you, that says a lot because I've tried a long time ago to follow your line. I thought I was gonna die, so. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's all relative. <laughs> it's all relative, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Loris, you came through and, and you actually won the event, which was pretty awesome. Um, and then Petey, I know, unfortunately, you had to leave early, but you definitely were there for a few days having some fun. Yeah, I mean, for me, that kind of race, the, the organizers for that race, they go out in those hills all year long just searching for new trails so that they can put new trails on for, for the Trans-Cascadia. So that's why it's so fresh all the trails are so good and uh, they put a great party on afterwards and for me it's a great great time to sort of team build and and ride with these guys in a totally different situation than at a world cup race or anything like that and and there's loads of other people racing that race that you get to chat to and talk to and catch up with and it's just a good vibe and a yeah a really good race yeah and uh, Greg, I did a few runs trying to follow you, which was a, a good time. Yeah, you did too good a job following me. I tried to shake you a few times and kept looking back and you're still there. Yeah, I think the only reason I had any chance is because you didn't know where you were going. So every time you messed up a little bit, I could bridge back up because I saw where to go. But um, 
Uh, but I'm curious. You guys all last year were saying that that was really fun. You want to come back? Are you guys thinking you might actually come back this next year? Yeah, I mean that that week was was unreal. It's um, we don't often go on like a bike holiday where you're with the whole team and and all friends around and just riding great trails and you know really not. I mean, I'd have to say I was take not taking it serious. I was trying to race as hard as I can. I was just a bit further back, but it was all about the atmosphere the vibe amongst everyone else i mean i'd love to go back but i don't think it quite fits with our schedule this year i think we have something else on unfortunately but i'll definitely do it again it's um good i mean some of those climbs were tough to get up but for the quality of riding i'll definitely do it again yeah that's I mean, pretty the whole, unique the whole event was super unique yeah i was gonna really say nice. it's a multi-layered event right where you enjoy the riding and then they do a really good job with the after party i'm sure they feed you really well at the event on top Food of that it was great booze yeah, was great right? was great it, it was it was good fun all around yeah, absolutely. So I have a question um, because I like to get more nostalgic in these things and kind of get and dig deeper into into who you guys are. At, did you guys always know you wanted to be a professional mountain bikers, or is this something that happened later on when you were like in your teens, or did you just kind of like this kid wants to be a fireman, this kid wants to be a police officer, and I'm gonna go shred down a mountain? I think. Well, I started off in motocross, so that's oh, what okay. my, my heart was set on. From when I was five years old, but uh, when I started riding mountain bikes, I think I was about 13 or 14, and I managed to uh, get selected at one point to go to World Champs in Switzerland. And I, I think I was 15 at the time, and uh, from then on, that's that's when I decided this is what I want to do and pursue. Very cool. Luke. Yeah, um, similar for me. I started out doing all sports but yeah I rode motorcycles and BMX a lot when I was young and also like yeah basketball and soccer and stuff so I was always into competition and sports and that I always knew like that my heart was in like yeah I wanted to become a professional athlete basically yeah, yeah. you know like do your favorite sport for a living so yeah I knew that like that was like always the case but yeah, from the time I was probably probably similar to Greg, maybe 13, 14, I, I was always racing a lot of BMX and I kind of switched over to mountain biking and sort of found a home there, I guess. Yeah, I was, and, was there a moment when you just kind of did a race or did an event where you were like, I could do this, I could see this working out? Yeah, for sure. Like, probably my, I was doing uh, two two years of both, like BMX and, and mountain biking, and I remember um, a few races probably when I was 14 that I was like okay um, I'm over BMX a little bit <laughs> mountain bikes are way more fun and way cooler so um, from then on it was like yeah I from then on it's been my goal and my focus and my passion so um, awesome yeah and it still is so yeah now I'm just yeah pinch myself every day that right? I get to yeah just ride every day and train and go to the races and it's it's what I would be doing anyway so very cool um, totally different story for me, really. <laughs> um, back in my day, I mean, I, I didn't start racing mountain bikes until I, I'd left school. Uh, I did a couple of junior races, like the last year I was in junior, and then went straight into senior. But for me, it was just more of a, a hobby when I first started. Um, really? I was just taking each weekend as it came and, and, and riding for fun, really. Um, found out I, got, I was pretty good and 
kept like winning races, moving moving up the categories, going to like national races and winning nationals. Um, but never really set myself any goals of becoming like a professional mountain biker or or getting to where I, where I got to. So um, it was a, a little bit later on where I started to set the goals. Um, but at first, I was just having fun and taking every weekend as it came. When I left school, I, I was trained to be a plumber for a while. So like you said, these guys wanted to be professional athletes. I wanted to be a plumber. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine PD, your plumber? <laughs> Phil the plumber, he's a, he's a good plumber. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's a mix, I guess, um, but I'm more like PD kind of, so my family, like my dad used to race um, cross-country and like bicycles, and then I was just following him, so just having fun on the bike and racing too, so I guess I've always been racing, but um, never knew I would become anything more than just that, so I was trying quite hard at school, and then like when you got... I thought I was like okay at bicycle. I tried both, and it was just like okay, we might have something here there. So yeah, quite yeah. Don't know. It was it was good. <laughs> don't know what to say. Now we're here, and now it's good. yeah, well, now it's good. Now it's okay. Good. So now that you're here, and there's kids coming up, what what would you tell somebody who's just kind of learned about mountain biking and starting to ride a little bit? Ah, uh, just take it easy and have fun but now it's getting more competitive i think and everyone is trying too hard almost and we were not i was not like that like like really bad bikes and just having <laughs> yeah trying hard to to go fast with what we had but yeah. now like kids are like yeah, yeah. a well, different breed now pd knows about going fast on equipment that's well, not so good well that's what i always say for for kids these days like don't really worry about your equipment at first. Take take your dad's bike out of the shed and, and go ride it in your local woods if you enjoy riding, then, then that stuff will come. Do a few races and later you can get better equipment, but first go and enjoy it and have fun just riding whatever you've got. Right on. What about Luca, what, would you, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, as kind of cliche as it is, I think just the most important thing is to have fun because I don't think you'll go very far if you don't enjoy it because you have to enjoy it and um yeah just <laughs> i guess that's it just have fun and see where it goes i think yeah so greg you always struck me as a little more serious what about what about you what do you tell people oh i don't know <laughs> i mean if it was uh if it was my nephews and nieces wanting to ride um you know, it's it, you, you, you're never going to really excel in anything if you're not passionate about it. So, and it goes down back to the base of having fun doing something. But if you're passionate about it, you'll have a good time, and and it, it will all come. I think Loris made some really good points about um, the pressure of kids um, getting onto equipment and, and stuff that's maybe too advanced, and and mm -hmm. them pressurizing themselves to to try and ride harder, and they might not really be that into it. It's right. Yeah. No. I I totally hear you. And you got a lot of got a lot of racing dads out there, you know, that want to put their kids on some fancy stuff, and you know, it's uh, not a bad thing. But at the same time, you they got to enjoy it too. Yeah. Well, for kids coming up now, there's some pretty amazing bikes that they can get, and and I know you guys all just received a, a new bike and probably got a ride or two on it. You want to tell us a little bit about this new bike? Yeah, I think it's the Mega Tower is pretty mega. It's, uh, I had a good ride yesterday, actually. I, um, 
you know, the Sea Otter doesn't really have such incredible trails to ride. I mean, uh, these guys got to ride in Santa Cruz, but I um, rode up the slalom, drifted down next to that, then rode up to the top of the downhill and drifted down that. So uh, it, I, it amazes me that's what, a 160 mile travel bike? climbs as well as it does and you know it's it's very efficient sure think yeah things have changed a lot so so pd how much travel did your first downhill bike have it was one of those kona i rode for kona at the time through a shop in the uk and it was the Velici boomerang like oh, bike oh i remember that back bike end where the back wheel used to overtake you on turns so flexy. <laughs> a little flexy uh but travel wise i'm not sure what that had um I think the Mega Tower now has got more travel than my first downhill bike for sure. Um, but I was impressed with the Mega Tower. I rode it out in New Zealand at some trails out there a couple of weeks ago, and I was blown away by how you could just pump on a trail and actually pick up speed and get faster and faster. And it felt for a 160 travel bike, it felt so light on the pedaling. Um, yeah, well happy with it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And. Um well, I have to say it. So I know you guys just got the new 12-speed XTR on there. So how did you guys feel about that and the new shifting and the way Actually, it all worked? I've only had a couple of rides on my 12-speed, my a uh, couple of downhill runs this morning. And like Loris said earlier, you're only going down the gears on that really. So um, didn't, didn't get to have a good play on it. Yeah, I need to go for a good blast. Yeah, I just feel lucky whenever, like, from where the shuttle like uh, put you you have to go up the um, to the stop and so there's like a big hill and we ride up with Luca and we feel proud so I'm just stoked to have it right now like with like seat post and just cranking up yeah well it has been hard to get luckily we're, we're finally able to deliver so um, I'm stoked that you guys finally got on it I know it was meant to come a little sooner but better late than never right but yeah, for sure. Like uh, gearing seems like good, for yep. sure. And yep. um, I just like the look, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, I love it. So I want to go back to Trans Cascadia one more time. I know Greg said that he's not going to be able to make it. Are any of you other guys going to try and? It's not doesn't work out in the syndicate's plan this year. So, but it's still on the radar. Maybe another year. I'm sure there'll still be some Santa Cruz representatives there. Yeah, Maybe Iago or someone. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure if we'll be there. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit annoyed because I didn't get to finish the last day last year. I had to leave for sort of family reasons, um, so I want to go back and finish it off one day. But unfortunately, it doesn't just doesn't fit the schedule this year. So I'll be back at some point. All right. Well, that's good to hear. I'm sure, everyone's excited because I I saw a lot of people um, making comments that they really had a great time riding with you guys and just hanging out like you're just a buddy thought that was really cool that yeah i mean that i get that a lot of those races i did the trans madeira last year and the same thing i'm going to do the trans province this year uh, that fits the schedule so yeah you get to ride around with people that you you don't usually get to see and, and you're with a big group just riding around the hills and it's cool those li liaison stages you just get to chat to different people yep. on the way up and it's a it's a pretty cool experience well so we'll shift gears talk about this next season so trans cascadia you ended off last year with having some fun and uh i think you've already a couple of you guys have already done a couple preseason races 
right? So, so how are we feeling about this upcoming season? And are the bikes all good to go? And everyone's feeling good. Everyone's in one piece. Yeah, for sure. Ready to um, stop talking about it and you're get, ready to go. Keep going. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> like for sure. Transcascadia is uh, a fun event, but for me, I have the most fun at the biggest races. Like for me, I always enjoy the World Cup races the most. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good to just know you're going against the best and you do everyone does their best there's no like hiding anything and um it's all on the line so for me that's the most fun and can't wait to uh get back to that part of my life soon yeah how about greg how are you feeling for this season yeah i'm excited to get it kicked off you know i missed racing last year i missed a lot of racing so um i feel good i think we've had some Good tasting, preseason tasting in Portugal. I went back to South Africa and uh, raced the local race, and uh, it felt really good. Um, so yeah, I think I'm excited. I'm, I'm I don't think I've been this excited for a while to get back racing. Are you guys going to be doing those videos during the races again? I'm sure there'll be some kind of filming going on. Uh, Jobo is definitely hanging around, so. Um, I'm sure there'll be some sort of syndicate video coming out. Okay. Well, Frank, do you have any other... Uh, no, I think I'm tapped out of questions. I'm just, I, I'm just waiting for the videos. Honestly, that's what, how I kept up on the team last season. And, I mean, the production value was fantastic. But more importantly, I mean, personally, the racing is fun. And I enjoy watching it when, I, you know, when I'm on the weekend. I bust out the laptop, hook up the TV, watch the race. But... I enjoy way more of the story, like for me personally. Like I like to see it, it makes it it makes it more valuable to root for someone when you've got a little more skin in the game, right? When you kind of know who's racing and what the story is. If they're coming off an injury, if they're coming off, you know, a, a string of bad luck, right? And and watching them kind of mentally work through that, right? I mean that that to me is like way way cooler to see, and it just adds a whole different realm of drama and and entertainment right and like i said it kind of it kind of makes you feel like you have skin in the game right you're now you're rooting for someone versus just a name on a board yeah no i totally know what you mean like for me um it's cool because i feel like i've sort of gone from a fan of the team to being on the team and i think because of those videos it's it's uh you feel like you get to know the people Absolutely. on the team and there's like characters involved almost like with you know Kathy and the mechanics and right. everyone involved and it is just because you know we are ourselves and we don't try and you know put on an act or a face and uh, yeah I think Joe does a really good job of portraying that in the videos so um, that was what was cool for me is coming from like yeah the fan side being right. like a big fan of Greg a big fan of Steve and and yeah, everyone involved in the team. Right. To then being a part of it is, uh, it's uh, it's really cool to have that ex sort of unique experience. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I think a lot of us too. I mean, us at Shimano, you know, we obviously get more exposure to you than the average person, right? So we know Kathy and we know the other people on the team. But those videos definitely highlight how much more, how much bigger the Syndicate team is, right? Like it's more than than the four guys that you see racing that day. There's all the support crew, all of the mechanics, right? People that are that are that are hunting down places for you guys to sleep at night, right? Or, or what you're going to eat the next day, going to the local market and wiping out, you know, a food aisle or something yeah, like that, that, right? That's no small thing. <laughs> no, it's so not. You, know? you mentioned Kathy a minute ago. Um, 
that's I want to hear some of the people that are that help make all this happen for you guys. Well, we could start off with Kathy. She's injured at the moment. She's the only one of the syndicate members that are that's on injured. The injured list. <laughs> yeah, she had a mishap on a scooter in Lisbon, so oh, boy. Uh, oh, man. she ended up busting her knee, but. Um, She'll be she'll be ready for the first World Cup. Is she mobile or is she? <laughs> she's she's like uh, cruising around on crutches. She'll be. Uh, she's actually back back at the house now, hobbling around on crutches, <laughs> getting that, getting our dinner ready for tonight. <laughs> yeah, relentless, 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 huh? No yeah. breaks. <laughs> and how about your mechanics? Let's hear a shout out for your mechanics. Well, how many mechanics does the team have? We got three mechanics. We have we have one mechanic per rider. Oh, okay, very cool. And who they are? My mechanic is Doug Hatfield, um, and he's probably, along with Kathy, the only person who's been like syndicate from the beginning. Is that right? I don't actually know, but anyways, he's been around for a while, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of a legend as far as mechanics go, and um, just. Uh, positive energy and a great mechanic so he's taking care of my bike for the last two years and again this year so that's awesome for me Doug is um, he's actually in-house at Santa Cruz too so he does all the ordering for the team pre-season all oh, the wow. parts that come in for the bikes getting the bikes ready for the, the paint jobs and the and the first bike builds and all that sort of stuff so Doug it, it's a lot more than just being a mechanic. Same for, for all the guys. Greg's mechanic, Marshy, and uh, Loris's mechanic, PA, are both based in France. Um, our, our European setup is based in France, in Morzine, and they're working most days on getting the truck ready and loaded up for the season, getting the, the new awning, the new truck all dialed in. And So a mechanic's job is way bigger than just working on a rider's bike. Is there a pretty tight relationship that you guys establish between yourselves and the mechanics? Like, is there, I'd imagine that that's got to be kind of a, a team on its own, right? Like, the communication, the the adjustments, the tweaks, right? Oh, yeah, it's def definitely a personal thing for these guys. They need to have 100% trust in, in in their bikes when they go up on the hill. And, and I think another job for the mechanics is taking any doubt out of the riders' minds that their bike's not 100% ready. It's just being, being dialed and... And focus on that one run. W would you say that being doing well at, at downhill racing, a lot of it's mental? Uh, I think a big part of it is mental. So uh, having a mechanic there to, to calm your nerves and make you feel confident. Yeah, just just having the trust in the mechanic and having the, having the bike ready at the, at, the, at the top of the hill. It's a it's a big thing to take all that off the mind of the rider. I think. To be honest, the the mechanics can actually feel more pressure than the riders sometimes. To, to have the bike, the, the riders are prepared all season, but then yep. it comes down to the bike making it down the hill, and mechanics get more nervous sometimes. Yeah. So I would imagine that his name, they, they probably feel the pressure when something doesn't go right. They probably feel their name is top of the list when something doesn't go right. Yeah, and I, th I think that happens over the whole weekend too. Yeah. If, if anything happens in sort of practice and a bike breaks or something breaks or something's not quite working right it's uh it's all down to the mechanic to figure it out and get it ready for finals so uh, talking about like before a race on race day um i know myself you know from shimano's side and i'm there to support the, the athletes um i'm pretty tentative about engaging too much with the athlete because i don't know where their mindset is 
Um, you know, you guys, when you get to a World Cup, I mean, it's like comparable to F1. I mean, you guys have a lot of people around you. Um, what 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 works for you, and and maybe what are things that kind of are a little hard to deal with? So anybody listening to this might see you at a, at a World Cup, and they know how to uh, approach you guys. Um, yeah, that's something that I think is definitely personal to everyone is how they cope with the nerves and stuff. Um, for me, I, I kind of I enjoy that sort of nervous feeling, and I don't really try and run from it. I just sort of go with it, you know, like. I before a race I'm I'm usually I don't like to like I treat it like any other day but for sure the nerves kind of they build up and I think that's normal I think probably I don't think anyone doesn't feel nervous before a race especially downhill um, but uh, yeah I think it's all about just using that in a good way and using the adrenaline and the, the butterflies in your stomach like and pulling it pulling from it in a positive way not kind of letting it encompass you and right so what uh, about people looking for autographs and things like that before the race yeah i mean for me it's no problem, no problem. i think you know when we go up on top of the hill and get in the lift and start warming up like that's when you kind of dial in and focus you know but yep. before that for me at least i i don't try and mm-hmm. treat anybody any differently or try and hide from anyone you know just yeah when you get to the top you hear the buzz of all the the trainers warming up um i know there's a lot of nerves i have a little bit of experience from it i somehow found myself qualifying first at a race once and um back in uh i don't know 96 or something and i never really thought about it but when it when i was at the top of the hill i got up there and by the time it was time for my run there was nobody left like this is a World Cup, and I'm sitting there all by myself, <laughs> and I and I felt really strange. Um, so you you were fast qualifier a few times. I know Greg's been up there many times, but um, how, how do you guys feel about that when you're sitting up there and, and all that hype is is like all of a sudden it's just quiet? It's got to be interesting you. too, where it's like consistently getting quieter and quieter and quieter and quieter. No, now you guys are overthinking it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're always by yourself in the gate. It doesn't matter who's in front of you or who's behind you. So I think when you're in the gate and you, you hear the beeps, it's, you know, autopilot from that point on. Autopilot, and yeah. You don't feel the nerves as soon as you start. So um, in that sense, it's it's always the same. So It's probably um, a lot of what Greg said, though, right, is that someone like me or, or the average person, we probably do way overthink it. Like, we're just kind of, like, building it up in our heads. It's all this pressure all this drama and the reality is it's just it's got to do it well, we're probably overthinking it a different way you know i think you guys would probably be trying to feel what the atmosphere is like up there 100 percent. we're yeah. focusing on that first two corners you know because once you get down through the first two corners you're kind of taken over from all your practice in the week um i don't mind sitting up there it's, it doesn't bother me if you first or, or fifth to last it, it oh, i mean sorry last or, or second to last it it doesn't really bother me too much, you know. I, um, but going back to your question, be fine. I, I get pretty damn nervous before a race, so I always disappear. And even and after all those race wins, <laughs> even after even after twenty years, <laughs> how many race starts I, you've had? How many number plates you must have gone through? I always to? just, you know, <laughs> after practice, I just slip back to the hotel and just get away from it, and just you know, focus on the track, and then come back just before my run and go straight up. So. I like to kind of hide out on race day. 
until the race is done. I think each rider has their own way of preparing for a race and, and you tick things off. I mean, I did the same thing for 20 years, exactly the same routine, yeah. and that was part of me dealing with my nerves too. Right. If I knew when the nerves were coming in and I could, so I could like start my warm up and so long as I was ticking all these things off, it was, I was focusing on those things. Yeah, and, you had like a comfort in the routine, right? Yeah, the routine made me kind of deal with the nerves in a better way. And I think every rider has their own way of, of prepping before they get in that start gate. And for the fans who want autographs, they should just be able to read the situation a little bit. So if a rider wants uh, a bit of quiet time, you can tell when someone's switched on and ready to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... I, th I think the only other thing that's a little bit on my mind is is uh, World Championships. They're going to be at Mount St. Anne this year. Have you guys kind of begun thinking about Mount St. Anne right now? Or is it one race at a time and that's just another race? Um, yeah, I've thought about it. Like, I really like that track. And um, obviously, World Championships is a really big opportunity. And um, But at the same time, it's... You kind of, I at least I treat every race the same. Like I, it's not like I will prepare especially for that race. Like I want to do well at every race. So, um, but yeah, of, of course, you know, you look at the schedule and you look at the season and which tracks we're racing. And um, I've always really liked racing there. So yeah, World Champs for sure is um, the, the World Cup season and World Champs to me, it's like they are the same. Um, but for sure, I'm looking forward to those eight or nine races that I really want to do well at. Well, guys, I want to say thanks for taking the time to sit with us and and have, you know, this little discussion and for me to get to know you guys a little better. I've been with Shimano for a really long time and I don't think I've ever talked to any of you. <laughs> so so this has been a one-off. I've, I've checked this off my list. <laughs> so thank you so much, Joe. Anything you want to say, jump in? No, just I, I know how you guys are pulled in a lot of different directions. And we're really stoked to be able to work with you guys. All of our experiences have been really great. I appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, and the long relationship with Shimano. I mean, it, we've, it's been great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers.